Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I welcome in the new year by sharing and discussing the article from digitalhrtech.com titled Top 10 HR Trends for 2021 and Beyond. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, and Happy New Year. I hope all of you enjoy time with friends and family, uh, with appropriate social distancing, of course, uh, to celebrate and ring in the new year. I know it was a little bit different for me and my family uh, yesterday as we celebrated on New Year's Eve, and it really was just us, but we enjoyed a family game and a family movie and lots of treats, and we had a great time. I hope that each of you were able to Similarly, do something uh, within the constraints that we're in to celebrate and uh, ring out the old year and bring in the new. Uh, I think New Year's is always a great opportunity to reflect upon where we've been and where we're going. And whether you are one to make New Year's resolutions or not, I think it's good to reflect and to prepare for the upcoming year. Today, I just wanted to ring in the new year by sharing and discussing the article from digitalhrtech.com titled Top 10 HR Trends for 2021 and Beyond. 2020 has been a year unlike any other. COVID-19 has forever left its mark on the way we live and work. Though at the time of publishing of this article, we are still living through the pandemic, we need to start preparing for a post-COVID world. In this article, in the corresponding video, they reflect on 10 HR trends that we can expect to see in 2021 and beyond. Though some of the trends have been ongoing for a while now and have simply been accelerated by the year's developments, many are the inevitable result of drastic changes that organizations have had to go through and in some cases are still facing. The 10 HR trends that will be discussed in this episode and are discussed in this article in the corresponding video audio, which I'll be commenting on, are number one, home as the new office, number two, rethinking HR, number three, reinventing the employee experience, number four, perennials, number five, learning as a driver of business success, number six, HR in the driver's seat, number seven, effortless shared services, Number eight, creating room for personalization. Number nine, acing analytics. And number 10, purpose-driven organizations. I agree wholeheartedly with this list. I think it is very insightful, and I look forward to sharing some of my thoughts in relation to what is shared in the video clips that I will be presenting to you here in just a moment. Thank you for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. Top 10 HR Trends for 2021. Hi there, 
and welcome to this HR Trends video. At the Academy to Innovate HR, we interact on a daily basis with hundreds of HR professionals. Based on our interactions, we have created our top 10 HR trends for 2021. Some of these trends are the inevitable result of drastic changes that organizations had to go through during the pandemic. Others are more long-term developments in the HR space. Each will, however, create a lasting impact on how we manage people and how we work as a partner of the business. I'm excited to get started, so if you're ready, I'd say let's dive in. Home as the new office. One of the most visible changes in 2020 was the global overnight shift to remote work for much of the workforce. In recent years, many of us have been getting used to working from home, but only few organizations were really ready to go fully remote in a matter of days. We believe that working from home or anywhere else once social distance measures are lifted will remain an important part of how we work. Companies like Twitter, Square and Capital One recently announced that working from home is there to stay, even post-Covid. Microsoft has also unveiled plans to adopt a hybrid workplace, which offers employees greater flexibility once the pandemic subsides. Work from home arrangements have become incredibly common during this year of the COVID pandemic. As was mentioned in the clip, this is not necessarily new. People have been working from home and working with virtual arrangements for a long time. But the level and scale at which people started working from home during the pandemic was unprecedented. And the question is, now that we've experienced it, now that we've had the growing pains associated with it, and we've more or less figured it out, and organizations have learned how to make it work effectively, uh, will we go back? Will we go back to... Uh, the traditional workplace? Will we maintain a, a largely virtual work-from-home kind of uh, workforce? Or will there be some sort of a hybrid approach? And the fact of the matter is, I'm sure there will be organizations that do all three. Uh, but I do think that the hybrid approach will become far more common. In my own research, I've found that to be true. Uh, I've, I've recently published an article on HR.com where we interviewed uh, about 600 different professionals, most of which were in the UK and the US. And the vast majority of them said that they preferred working in a hybrid environment where they could have the work from home virtual flexibility while also still being able to go into the office one or two days a week to see people hold meetings and really have the best of both worlds. So I, I tr truly expect for us to see the pendulum swing a little bit further back towards hybrid and more work in the office kind of situations, but we're gonna be much further on that other end of the spectrum than we were pre-pandemic. And I think ultimately that's a good thing. Rethinking HR. A logical consequence of the increase in at-home workers, apart from a spike in office furniture sales and Zoom accounts, is the push for HR to rethink many of its practices. Activities like recruiting, onboarding, performance management, and even firing decisions have relied on in-person conversations. HR needs to reinvent current practices to effectively deal with these situations in a digital world. More fundamentally, the way we have designed and structured our organization will have to change. Many companies have already made use of online tools to foster a culture of togetherness, despite the physical distance. Virtual happy hours have started to replace after-work socializing. 
regular departmental check-ins have become increasingly important. In the coming year, we may see companies beginning to test additional virtual, structured experiences to simulate the camaraderie and exploration that was once only possible organically. I think HR has been in the situation where they've needed to reinvent themselves for quite a long time. And really, as noted in the first clip, the pandemic really just accelerated the process at which we started to embrace these kinds of shifts. So the reinvention that needs to occur, uh, you know, that's been present for at least the last decade. Uh, HR becoming more strategic, uh, becoming a more vocal partner at the table uh, where decisions are made in the C-suite, uh, HR embracing things like employee uh, analytics and in other such topics, some of which are actually explored further down this list. Uh, ultimately, HR has needed to reinvent itself for a while. And many organizations, the most progressive organizations, have been doing just that. But this pandemic has put us in a situation where we're forced to just rethink um, how we handle things and, and challenge our old assumptions. And I mean, some of it's just like really basic day-to-day -day tactical things that we have to figure out how do I fire someone if I'm not with them face-to-face? -face? Uh, how do I do performance reviews? How do I have uh, feedback and coaching discussions? Uh, and, and can we do that just as effectively in a virtual Zoom meeting as we could if we're in the office together? These are all the types of conversations that we need to be having and thinking strategically about how to do these things effectively and to track how things are going. So actually have some objectives uh, on the forefront and then uh, and then assess and, and see what's working, what's not working. That's what HR needs to do. Uh, reinvent itself, uh, make sure it's relevant, and embrace the opportunity that is in place right now to become an even more impactful part of the business. Reinventing the employee experience. The differences between joining an organization pre-COVID and during COVID are huge. You have remote interviews, at-home assessments, virtual get-to-know meetings, and no informal coffee or smoke breaks that help people connect. HR will have to redesign the employee journey and measure the virtual employee experience. Elements like work-life balance, well-being, connection and collaboration will be crucial both for employee satisfaction and for the optimization of business outcomes. Just as companies will continue experimenting with more informal ways of team building and socialization, we may also see more formalized online connections and partnerships being piloted at companies all over the world. For example, conferences now offer networking opportunities online. Organizations could use virtual job shadowing for new hires over Zoom or participate in rotating online buddy systems which help people connect and stay engaged. Such initiatives go a long way in reminding employees that they are not simply working in a vacuum, alone at their desk, but are part of a greater team. One of the elements of HR that needs to be reinvented is how we handle the employee experience. All the way from recruitment and the selection process, interviewing and onboarding through ongoing training and development of the employees and providing other employee services. And, you know, do we employ a self-service center? Uh, how, how do employees get the help they need if there's not an HR department they can go walk into? Uh, do they just have to set up a Zoom meeting? Do they just make a phone call? Is there just online tech support for the service center? What, what does the employee experience look like? 
what do we want it to look like moving into the future? Again, it's a, an incredible opportunity right now to challenge assumptions, assumptions and to rethink what we have always meant by the employee experience and really what it should be moving forward. How can we leverage technology and leverage the virtual space uh, in order to enhance the employee experience, to give them the best of every kind of situation, you know, where they have the flexibility. There's so much research to show, for example, work from home and schedule flexibility are vital uh, and key indicators of employee experience and satisfaction and engagement. And the pandemic, you know, with all of its challenges has also provided more flexibility, autonomy, and uh, opportunity to deal with family circumstances while still doing their work, uh, it's never been greater uh, to be able to do that. So I think uh, organizations definitely need to consider uh, what is most valuable to them in communicating employee experience to their new employees, to their existing employees, and how leadership throughout the organization can really frame that for everybody. Perennials, moving beyond generations. In the past decade, we have focused a lot on what separates the different generations in the workforce. Gen X, Y, and Z have all been analyzed, written, and talked about extensively. Scientific proof of intergenerational differences, however, remains slim. In fact, research increasingly shows that generational differences related to people's view on work and life aren't as big as we initially thought. What people want from their working life, purpose, good leaders, and professional growth, doesn't differ all that much from one generation to another. We believe we'll move beyond generations and see an increased focus on perennials, a term first mentioned by Gina Pell. Perennials, as she puts it, are a group of people of all ages, stripes, and types who go beyond stereotypes and make connections with each other and the world around them. To understand our workforce, we should look beyond group differences and gather insights on the interests, values, and aspirations of individual employees. This will also enable us to personalize how we manage people as HR professionals. I really like this one because while I think it's helpful to think about stereotypical kind of differences across generations, you know, as a quick uh, way to understand uh, how different populations might interact, those stereotypes are are obviously overly simplistic and they don't hold true for everybody. So there's been a certain value in dissecting differences between baby boomers and Gen X and millennials and Gen Z. And I think there's still some level of uh, value in understanding, for example, what really motivates Gen Z workers perhaps differently than Gen Xers. Um, but the reality is we're complex and the reality is that we all are a mix of different um, motivators, different backgrounds, and just because we're in, within a certain age cohort doesn't necessarily mean anything. So as we start to think more inclusively about perennials and just understanding how important it is to create an inclusive work atmosphere where everyone can interact effectively with each other, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of race, ethnicity, regardless of age cohort, right? That everyone can, can learn to function effectively together. If that's the goal of the organization, then I think that's a win. And I think that's something we can strive for in 2021.
learning as a driver of business success. Pre-COVID, there was already a strong need for upskilling the workforce. This need has only become more apparent. Unfortunately, in the search for HR professionals with future-oriented skills, it is slim pickings. Rather than continuously searching for new talent, the most efficient way is to upskill your HR team, ensuring they have the expertise to secure success in a changing future. For HR, we have identified three key capabilities. Data literacy. HR professionals need the ability to make data-driven and evidence-based decisions in order to be true business partners. This involves the ability to read, understand, create and communicate data as information to influence decision-makers. Business acumen. HR professionals in all industries need to improve their business acumen. They need to understand the business, its strategy, its customers and its context. Only when they have a deep understanding of the business will HR be able to add the maximum value. And third, digital integration. Digital HR offers the opportunity to drive HR efficiencies, deliver the HR strategy and drive business impact through technology. In our experience, this is one of the biggest skill gaps in HR and one that has become even more pressing in this new and more remote reality. Yes, absolutely. Reskilling and upskilling the workforce has been key and on the forefront of, I think, most organizational leaders' minds really for the last decade as we've seen uh, baby boomers reaching retirement age and exiting the workforce. We need to have transfer of knowledge and understanding and skill to the younger generations who are picking up the mantle and continuing on in uh, the labor force to help organizations be successful. Uh, but there's also just all of the new disruptive technologies and so many of the jobs of yesterday won't continue to exist tomorrow uh, or they'll be reshaped and reframed and they'll require new skills. So organizations need to learn how to reskill and upskill their people. And ultimately, we just need to learn to have an, a learning organization. We need to have a culture of continuous learning, a culture of growth and continuous stretching of our own capabilities uh, as we embrace a, a growth mindset within the organization and help everyone from the top leadership all the way down to the lowest level line employee on the bottom of the hierarchy that everyone recognizes the need to coach and mentor each other to help each other develop the skills knowledge ability capabilities and competencies necessary to be effective in the future of work as this happens then that gives organizations the best chance to pivot and to adapt as necessary in the future of work to continue to bring value to the marketplace. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? 
What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. HR in the driver's seat. 2020 has not only seen a massive shift in the way businesses operate, it has also posed significant personal difficulty to workers all over the world. Employees are worried about their health and that of their loved ones, and tense about the security of their jobs, while leadership is worried about what should be communicated and how, while trying to head departments and model company values. In the midst of all this chaos, HR has been on the front line, facilitating employees, handling business requirements, managing concerns and questions of their employees, supporting them, and focusing on people's mental and emotional well-being. Being at the center of the crisis is a big responsibility for any HR department. In order to succeed in the driver's seat and maintain its newfound position into 2021, that means leading and accelerating the infamous digital transformation that's been an HR trend for years now. The pandemic has definitely highlighted the necessity of effective HR to communicate company policies, to lead on people strategy throughout the organization. And so as we've considered the shifts to leveraging human capital that may have occurred in 2020 due to the pandemic, HR has been on the front lines to try to do that effectively, to, to, uh, to pivot and communicate shifts in strategy from the top leadership down to every employee to help organizations foster a healthy environment where employees' well-being and all facets, all elements, from their mental and emotional well-being to their employee uh, performance and the ability to uh, continue to work effectively in teams even when they're working remotely, HR has played uh, a top role. And I think the pandemic has just highlighted how important HR has been and really should have been all along and sometimes has taken a back seat to some of the other functional areas of a business, uh, but no longer. I think uh, this has really demonstrated the importance and hopefully HR leaders across the world and across organizations can step up to the challenge of really making sure that once you know things get past the pandemic, that, that HR doesn't lose ground in terms of the important role that it has been shown uh, to take within organizations. Effortless shared services. Most of today's HR transformations focus on HR self-service departments. This trend has two sides. First, if your HR department still uses paperwork, it should be digitized. And second, if any of your HR work is repetitive, it should be automated. Both digitization and automation ensures that the HR professional maximizes efficiency. When I asked in early 2020 at a conference who was still using some form of pen and paper for their HR administration, many people raised their hands. 
Consider, for example, a supermarket chain that keeps paper records of its employees. Imagine in an industry that experiences such high turnover, how much time an HR professional wastes at both ends of the employee lifecycle, simply hunting through paperwork. Also, imagine the frustration and headaches that a lost contract, which is you know, just a few pieces of paper, could cause. There is no better time to make the necessary transition to effortless shared services than today. When done properly, it will lead to a better employee experience and increased customization. Digital transformation throughout the organization is of increasing importance, and this certainly holds true for HR organizations and HR functions. We need to make sure that we're efficient, and anything that can be automated should be automated. Uh, anything that can be digitized should be digitized. We, we are far past the point of doing paper uh, forms for various aspects of, of HR functions. That needs to be digitized. We need to ha have um, self-help uh, HR service centers where employees can largely uh, do what they need to do uh, for their, their benefits and their uh, various uh, aspects of their employee experience in relation to the, the key day-to-day -day HR features. Uh, there always needs to be people behind the technology, and so we can't forget how important it is to have good quality HR people to help when employees have questions and to interface with the technology to make sure that it's a, a user-friendly kind of an experience and a good process. But ultimately, digital transformation is not going to threaten HR, it's going to enhance it. Uh, as we can truly learn to embrace these technologies and the digital transformation, uh, HR will be even more relevant and it'll free up opportunity and time for HR people to be more strategic, to be strategic business partners within the organization to help uh, leaders across the organization do the HR aspects of their jobs in a much more effective manner. Create room for personalization. The shift we've seen this year in the way many of us work inevitably leads to people creating their own optimal work environment. They arrange their workspace at home as they see fit, and they might work outside traditional office hours if that suits them better. When it comes to the actual work employees do, it seems natural that they'll want to make some adjustments there too. For example, in terms of tasks, skills, or purpose. This is where a concept such as job crafting comes in. We believe that giving employees room to take ownership of their role will be essential for job satisfaction and productivity in 2021 and beyond, boosting both employee success and that of their organization. It's all about personalization and customization. Really, it's just all about flexibility. Um, I think about uh, younger workers, millennial and Gen Z workers, for example. Now, again, I understand the need to get past uh, stereotypes and labels, uh, and people are more complex than this, but generally speaking, it, it's very, very clear that younger workers want more flexibility. The traditional eight to five kind of work environment uh, in an, a physical office space doesn't resonate with them. They want to work when it's convenient for them. And ultimately, it doesn't matter for organizations. If we can get past just kind of the tradition of the eight to five work day uh, and the 40 hour work week, and we can move more towards a meritorious type of a situation where we're, we're really rewarding people for performance and production of uh, content and material or whatever the job is. You know, it's, it's, a, it's about 
producing, not about putting in the time. If we can get to that point, then who cares whether they're at the physical office in, in the office building or they're at home, who cares how their, their physical um, workspace is set up, whether it's at home or, or in the office building, uh, who cares whether they're working at three in the morning or 10 in the morning or 10 at night. Uh, ultimately, flexibility is what it's all about. And organizations need to learn how to embrace this personalization element. And just, it, it, it provides so much accommodation to families. It, it helps solve problems in terms of gender inequities. Uh, it, it really can provide so many solutions to organizations. And we've been moving in this direction already. And there's no reason why we can't continue to embrace this and just make this happen for our employees in 2021. Acing analytics. Analytics is one of those oft-repeated topics that we've seen on HR Trends lists over the last few years. Although people analytics is gaining a solid foothold in many organizations, the impact of their findings is often still lacking. We have three recommendations for organizations looking to ace analytics. First, measure data that matters. Although HR tracks a lot of data, often there is a gap in the areas that add the most value. A key concern for CEOs, for example, is leadership. HR tracks very little data in that regard. Other examples include training and development and performance management. Tracking value-adding data related to key problem areas in the organization will create more return. Second, redesigning systems. The fact that we collect litter data on key topics is indicative of a lack of strategic integration of our HR systems. We need to have systems in place for those areas that help drive the business. This can be a software-based point solution or can be inquired through regular surveys. If that is the case, they should be managed by a strategic HR survey management unit. Third, HRBP capabilities. The single point of failure in organizations is often not the people analytics team. It's often the HRBP who struggles to leverage data and people analytics insights to make change happen. HRBPs should be taught to read, understand and communicate data as information for this to be solved. By gathering and uh, assessing data in this way, HR will be able to ace analytics and it will have its own place between the different HR centers of excellence. Yes, this is not a new one. This has been showing up on people's top HR trends lists for years, HR analytics, and really just doing it effectively. Uh, so while it's not new, uh, they're absolutely right that most organizations still aren't doing this even remotely well. Uh, most HR people, frankly, uh, particularly those who have been in their roles and positions for many, many years, uh, frankly, they weren't trained in HR analytics. And many people actually got into the HR profession because they didn't want to deal with the more technical side of things. Uh, and so we, but with the move towards more uh, HR information systems and HR analytics uh, to drive decision-making, it's, it's really important that organizations help their people reskill and upskill towards these uh, HR analytics competencies and we need to do a much better job within our organizations to make sure that we're leveraging performance analytics and various people analytics across different range, the, the range of different uh, experience, people experiences within the organization. We need to define what good performance looks like. We need to then measure it effectively. And then we need to make decisions based on uh, those actual metrics. 
And that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it, it certainly is challenging, so I don't want to minimize the, the challenge that people have been facing. But we know how important it is, and the best organizations are doing it better and better. And we all, I think, can learn t- to do it well. So I think this continues to be one of the top trending areas within HR, and necessarily all organizations need to embrace it. And so it's not just for the big organizations, it's for uh, all the way down to mid- mid-level organizations, to, to small startups, mom-pop shops, uh, everyone needs to learn how to embrace it. Purpose-driven organizations. As a result of the increase in at-home workers, many employers fear a flag in productivity and commitment as the trend continues. According to PwC, 79% of business leaders believe that purpose is the key to success here. Purpose-driven organizations bring their purpose to the core of their organization. This means that decisions, conversations, and behavior across all levels need to be integrated with that purpose. A great example is Barry Waymiller, a global supplier of manufacturing technology and services, led by Bob Chapman. The company's guiding principles of leadership are, we measure success by the way we touch the lives of others. From a people perspective, the company focuses on learning, listening, and empathy building, and they actively work to create a service mindset for their team members. Other interventions include value-based recruitment. Organizations that do this assess to what degree the values of a candidate align with their organizational values. HR professionals play an important role in integrating these practices and in continuously reinforcing them. There is no question that purpose is super important. I've personally done a ton of research in this area and many others have done really incredible and insightful research looking at the purpose-driven organization and how key it is to overall organizational success. And while this has always been important, it's as important as as it has ever been during this pandemic because people are more remote, people are more socially distanced and separated, and people need to find meaning and purpose in what they're doing. And sometimes that can be a little bit harder to do when you're not in a physical workspace uh, where you can feel the energy of your coworkers, where you can see the symbols of the business. And, you know, if the organization has a great mission and a great vision and they do really great work in the community and they're a social enterprise doing, uh, making a, a real important social impact in the world, you know, sometimes those elements won't always automatically translate over well into a work from home virtual kind of work environment where people are separate. And so it's, it's important to get past those kind of organizational level purposes uh, those are important, don't get me wrong. We, we still need to continue to have good mission and vision statements. Uh, I'm all about social enterprise and about social impact work within organizations. That's all important. And that can still happen at the organizational level. And we can learn how to do that more effectively down the line, even with a virtual work- workforce. But the research also shows that we need to tap into the individual purpose of each employee. Each employee has their own driving purpose. They have their own reasons for being in their profession, working for that particular organization. We need to learn what those really driving motivators are, what their key purpose is, tap into it, and then help support them in really living that purpose and carrying that out in their work at least a little bit each and every day. 
Now, all of us do things in our jobs that we probably don't love. So I'm not saying we need to create jobs that only people love, you know, love every second of their job every day. That's kind of silly. But we certainly can tap better into individualized purpose of each person. I think that's something that we've known for a long time and some organizations have done better at it than others. Now that we're working in remote kind of work from home environments even more, it has greater importance. Really, I think this list of top 10 trends to see in 2021 and beyond is really apt. Uh, I think it summarizes well what we've seen in terms of shifts over the past uh, year and even last several years and helps us think about how things are going to continue to shift and pivot moving into the future. So I see these these 10 trends going well beyond just 2021. Uh, really over the next 5, 10 years, we're going to continue to see this. We're going to continue to see uh, technological disruptions shifting the very nature of work itself, the, the, the employee-employer experience and how they connect with each other, how we even define employees, what work looks like, what our jobs look like, how we define them, what our roles are. Uh, all of these elements are going to continue to shift, and it's up to organizations to figure out how to, uh, how to navigate that. And I think that's our tremendous opportunity moving into 2021. As always, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's a pleasure being with you again today, and I hope you're enjoying the new year. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.